0: Yet, even now, can you hear the weight of those words from Joel? Lean in to the reverberation of this promise that hits like a cold splash of water on a blazing, sun-drenched day. But you can't hear these words from a place of strength or power. This prophetic utterance won't resonate with those for whom, fine, is not a throw-off answer to the ubiquitous, how are you, tossed out at random. But it's the shallow truth of the moment, the corrupted piousness of one who thinks they have no problems, no faults. I'm fine. To the one bowed down, however, by the finality of life or the brokenness of relationships or of hurting or of the challenges of being, these words are a shock to the system, a life preserver floating on the storm-tossed waves, yet even now. Remember that first thing that I read to you today, from Joel, just in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. Yet even now says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Yet even now. Lent is a time of hope, and yet we cannot embrace that hope until or unless we acknowledge the pain. It is not a time for empty, meaningless sacrifices. We are called to rend our hearts. So if you were worried about giving up chocolate or some other tempting treat, know that while doing so can be a sacrifice and even a healing ritual, Lent is really about much much more. It is about giving up greed, giving up anger, giving up hate. It's not about giving up sweets and thinking, okay, we're done. My sacrifice for Lent is all taken care of. <laughs> it's really more about giving of yourself than giving up. Joel remind us, rend your hearts and not your garments, he proclaims. Make it real, make it visceral. Repent with more than just the outward show of it like they were saying in Matthew, the mouthed words of repentance without the heart in it. And remember the words in our reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So we are reminded that all of us, ministers, priests, prophets, and people, we are reminded that our living reflects not just on ourselves, but on the God we claim to worship. For those who call themselves the people of God, the question is this. How do we represent God? How do we live our faith and proclaim our belief? This is a time to, as we hear in Joel, yet even now return to me with all your heart, says the Lord, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing but maybe we think we have already had just about a whole year of self-denials and really, shouldn't that be enough? This whole last year was kind of like one big long Lentiest Lent. (laughs) So what is this about, that I am calling you to Lent, that we in the Church are beginning this season? Well, you know what, maybe there's more to Lent than the suffering we've endured. Maybe even there is more in Lent to Lent than the reflection and analysis that we are prone to doing. Certainly, those things are tools, they are techniques, they are practices that have been used and that we continue to use to achieve the ends that Lent calls us to claim. But as always, it is the end and not the means that defines the season for followers of Jesus. So what is the end of the season of Lent? What is it? Why do we have this period of preparation, of fasting and self-denial, of repentance and confession, of putting our spiritual house in order? Simply so that we can be prepared for Easter, for resurrection. Lent is about embracing the resurrected one with a whole and a longing heart. What we discover as we make those preparations is that there are so many things that get in the way of our true embrace of the risen Christ. Some of these things are external, but many of them are internal. They are habits and preferences and inclinations that clutter our souls. So the season of Lent comes along to give us space and appropriate reminders that we need to clean house to receive the one we call Lord. This season is about rending, to be sure. But the ultimate goal, the end zone, is claiming the promise. We need both. We need the rending and the claiming. We need to tear out the things that are in the way of truly following Christ, which is not an easy or a simple process. Nor is it something that we can do once and then forget it. It is a constant call for us to lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. That's from Hebrews 12. But then we also need to lean into the promise of God and the blessed community, the kingdom. We need to claim the life that Christ describes and lives out before us to embrace the joy of the life of faith. Lent doesn't have to just be a solemn time. But to be effective, it does need to be real. It needs to be intense. We need to bring our full selves to the table. This will enable us to embrace the fullness and the promise of the resurrection and live as disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples who make disciples. So despite feeling as though we have been in a year-long season of Lent, we need this season. We need this observance to open us to all that God has in store for us. Rend your hearts so that together we can claim the promise. Amen. Amen.